Thank you so much. Wonderful, talented musicians. Amen? Well, listen, uh, as we get started, my name is Mike Conaway, and I'm the pastor here at City on a Hill, and we're always so glad to be with you. Um, and uh, just as we get started, it's appropriate that we happen to be in a series called Can I Get a Witness? And uh, one of the most powerful things that we're going to do is, is God gives us a chance to be a witness. And that's what this uh, opportunity is for us. For eight years, we met in a community center. Eight years we met in a community center where we s tore down and set up 417 times. Yes, let that sink in. 417 times. We all know that, right? And then God gave us this beautiful place, this beautiful campus. And we used to be a church that met in a community center. Now we want to be a church that's the center of the community. And so we want them looking from this neighborhood and around, well, what's that church on the corner doing before uh, they make their holiday plans or before they make any other plans? Because we want them to know we want them here. We want to be a city on a hill to this community. So at Halloween, which we, we, we made a play on the words following Jesus, you know, um, every single bag of candy that we give away will have these three gospel tracks in it. It has the good news in three different ways so that these will get into the home here's the cool thing they'll already be pre-stuffed in the bag with the candy so when they take it what will happen is is these the gospel will get into over 300 homes and what we trust is that when God puts us in a home somebody's going to come across this at some point and read the good news whether it be they'll take the time to read a simple card a cartoon or maybe take a quiz and we believe that all of those ways are going to be ways that we can witness in our community. We also notice inside our program is a chance for us to be named with Jesus when we go into our community for the Christmas parade, which is the Sunday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And we'll go in there and, you know, we march in there a hundred strong or more and we turn the Santa parade into the Jesus parade. All right. So um, not that there's anything wrong with Santa. I, I don't hate Santa. I just love Jesus more, that's all. And uh, so, um, uh, and if he's jealous, that's okay. Uh, but, uh, but these are ways that we can be a witness. And so this series that we're talking about is Can I Get a Witness? This series is our way of communicating our love for God to the world. And we do it in unique ways. And last week, we studied and we learned about a traitor. We learned about a guy named Judas. And, uh, and, and, and we learned not to judge Judas so harshly because we learned that Judas could be us. And, and we learned that when Leonardo uh, da Vinci painted the, um, the Last Supper, he at first painted his worst enemy as Judas, and then he couldn't sleep, went back and repainted it to look more like him because he realized he had the potential in his heart. And so... so what we learn that when Jesus dipped his hand into the bowl, all of the disciples were afraid when Jesus said, somebody's going to betray me. And they all asked, is it I, Lord? And so we learn, let's not be so judgy. Let's make sure that we recognize. And now today we come to this, this unique character in the Bible that is very brief. But what he did was legendary. And what he did in A.D. 33 is still being talked about in 2019. This, this man that you're going to hear from today is a true follower of Jesus. And then next week, you're going to hear from an enemy 
of Jesus. You're going to hear from an enemy, and then two weeks from now, you're going to hear from a thief, one of the thieves that hung on the cross next to Jesus. So you're going to get a chance to unpack this, but this guy here today, his name is Simon of Cyrene. And he was coming to Jerusalem from, uh, from Cyrene, which is in North Africa. We know that he was a follower of God, the Father, because he came to worship. We know he was of Jewish descent, and he worshipped uh, in the temple. So he brought his sacrifice with him and his two sons, and he was teaching them how to worship. Now, he expected when he got to Jerusalem, as it always was, a big party. He expected everybody excited, music and singing, and he expected joy. But when he got there, that was, there was a mob, <coughs> and there was a crowd, and there was energy, but it was negative. There was violence in the air. There was a smell of blood in the air. It was, it was like nothing he'd ever seen, and so here he brings his two sons to this event, and he's like, I, this, this is, I don't know, this is not safe for children. You know, and he brings them there and then he gets himself thrown into the face of Christ and forced to carry his cross. I'm going to ask you to uh, give your attention to the screen as we hear from Simon of Cyrene. I was going into the city to celebrate the Passover and he, he was being let out of the city as a Passover lamb. But we didn't, we didn't understand that. Um, when I got to Jerusalem, it wasn't what I expected. I mean, there was like 10 times more people there than the last time that I'd, I'd been there to celebrate Passover and it just seemed like the whole city was angry like just, just mobs of angry people and all of a sudden this 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 guard the soldier he, he grabs me and I mean, he literally just pulls me out of the crowd and he says for me to carry this guy's cross If, if this guy's blood gets on me, it's, it stains me, and I, I, can't, I can't celebrate the Passover. That's the whole reason I was there. It was hard to see the man through the blood. And then our eyes met. And I knew This man was not a liar. He was not a, uh, a crazy man with grand ideas. He was, he was the Messiah. I carried um, what I could, but he, uh, he, carried, he carried most of it. We, we began. We began to walk. I, I, I heard the insults that that they shouted at him and and now at me. 
I felt the spit. I felt his, his blood on me. They'd taken a, a crown made of thorns and then they smashed it on his head and, and, and blood ran into his eyes. They laid him out on a cross and they, they nailed his hands and his feet to it. And they, they, they lifted it up. And he, he had, he had all of his weight on that one spike through his feet. And he would, he would, he would push up with all of his might and, and gasp for a breath to stay alive. And I, I couldn't watch it. He did that for hours. I couldn't watch it. And, and I looked down, and I remember, I remember seeing my hands. My hands were stained with, with his blood, the, the blood that I thought would, would make me unclean. And I realized it's the blood, it's the blood that, that makes me clean. He breathed his last breath, and he died. And that was a uh, that was the day that I helped Jesus carry. That was the day that I helped Jesus carry my cross. He hung and died on my cross. As we hear that story and we hear from Simon, we understand something very powerful. And that is that Simon found himself far from home and forced into a situation that he did not want to find himself in. And sometimes you and I, we find ourselves in a place where sin has taken us far from our home and put us in a place where we had no intention of ever being. And sometimes that's a good place because it puts us face to face with Jesus. And so... While we hear about Simon, we hear in Matthew 27, 32, they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled him uh, to carry the cross. Uh, that's a really nice way of saying forced him because the, the Romans didn't ask you to do anything. They told you to do whatever they wanted. And if you didn't, they just killed you. That was just that simple. It wasn't like, oh yeah, they compelled. No, instead they forced up Mark who uh, recorded the life of Peter for the Gentile people said, and they compelled a passerby, Simon of Siren, who was in uh, coming, uh, who was coming in uh, the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. Keep a mark of that, and notice that uh, Mark had written to the Gentile people, and then Luke twenty three. 26 Luke was a, a physician and a historian and he read as they led him away they seized one Simon of Cyrene who was coming in 
from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. So as we see this, we find here's a guy who traveled all the way to Jerusalem from North Africa to worship. He came there to worship. He came there to experience Christ, I mean to experience God and to experience worship in a Jewish setting. Instead, he was introduced to Christ. And now we know that, that the Jews from Cyrene, if you read in Acts chapter 2, uh, when, when the Holy Spirit fell upon the church, the birth of the church, ch the, the Christians from Cyrene went back and shared the good news. And you see in Acts chapter 6, Acts, ch Acts chapters 11, and Acts chapter 13, that there was a vibrant church in Cyrene. We also believe that it was Simon who helped make that vibrant church as well in that uh in that city and in that area so so what did the cross what does the cross do for you and me in 2019 and what did the cross do for simon what did the cross do for him is the question that i thought we would ask from this witness from this testimony from this eyewitness and and i believe the first thing it did was the cross brought him close to jesus you see the cross is what brings you and I close to Jesus. The cross is what reminds us of God's forgiveness and His love and His grace and His mercy. The cross tells us how far God will go for you. The cross reveals how much God loves us. That's why I wanted us to, we ran that song back because I wanted you to know that, that that's how much God feels about you. That's how much God loves you. And, 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 and as we sing, as we sang uh, the third song today, I love how it ended. Even though it wasn't planned, it was God who planned all of these uh, sermons and songs at, the, at different times. But I love how it says, bear the cross as you wait for a crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. And it ends right there. I love that it ends right there because that is, that's what we're called to do. And so here we see... Luke, that Simon was brought right into the face of Jesus and he's made to carry the cross. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for Jesus. Now Jesus turned and he said to the women, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, weep for yourselves and for your children because that was a prophecy that in AD 70 Jerusalem would be destroyed. So Jesus said, don't cry for me, cry for you. But what I want you to realize is that in this circumstance, in this situation, Simon is thrust into that. Imagine you have your two little kids that you have to leave. Who's going to take care of them? They have this lamb, and they're left in a city of angry mob surrounding them, and you can't say no or you're not going to be there for your kids because you'll be dead. So he's thrown into that, and you can imagine the same spit as they spit on Jesus was the same spit that landed on him. The same, the way people were beating and throwing things, those things were hitting him. <laughs> and it had Simon so close to Jesus that he could hear his voice. Simon could hear Jesus tell the women, don't, don't weep for me, weep for you. Simon could hear Jesus tell his mother Mary, Mary, look, I make all things new. Mother, look, I make all things new. He can hear the voice of God, and that's what the cross is to you. You're here today for a reason, so the cross of Christ can speak 
to you. Simon was forced to carry the cross because of the vicious treatment of Jesus. The vicious, violent treatment Jesus experienced made it unable for him to bear the full weight. So more than likely, he's, Jesus is carrying the cross beam and Simon is carrying the upright portion of the cross or Jesus is on one side and Simon has to shoulder the other. So Jesus is in the front and Simon's trying to pick up the back because we know that Jesus was ahead of him. So we know that Jesus is beaten beyond recognition. He's bloodied, he's abused, he's like abused, he's like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. And the Romans forced Jesus to carry that cross. But Jesus couldn't carry it. So Simon gets grabbed, and he's forced into the presence of God by an enemy. May I submit to you this morning that we are forced into the presence of God by our enemy. Sin forces us into the presence. And sometimes what sin wants to do to destroy us, instead it's the perfect opportunity for us to come face to face with God. And many times that sin that forced us into the presence gets us into the vicinity of God and then we can hear His voice. And we no longer hear the voice of condemnation that says there's no help for you and no hope for you. Instead, we hear the voice of conviction that says there is all kinds of help for you and all kinds of hope from you and it comes in the form of Jesus. Amen. Truthfully, it's the cross that brings us close to Christ. Think about it. The cross of Christ is where the justice of God met the grace of God and the rightful wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus. And objects of wrath become objects of affection. That's why I love that part of that song. It says, and I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way that he loves us. I don't have time to worry about those things anymore. I don't have time to maintain the regrets. Instead, when I think about the way he loves me, it forces me into that place, and it forces me to make a choice. And Simon wouldn't fully get it until later on. He said he was worried about the blood getting on his hands and making him unclean, so now he couldn't. He took this long journey, and it would be for naught, for nothing. But instead, he finally realized it's the blood that makes him clean. That makes him not have to leave North Africa to, to, to worship in the temple. He can now worship in North Africa. Because he is now the temple of God. Oh, that's good news today. The second thing I want you to see about the cross is the cross made him follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Do you notice it says that Jesus is ahead and, and, and Simon is following in the footsteps of Jesus? How often do you guys find ourselves, do we find ourselves following in the footsteps of Jesus? But many of us, we like to get ahead of God, don't we? We like to get ahead of the will of God because we know better than the omniscient God. We've been around, long, well, well, maybe not, Right? goes on and on right we follow the savior and we end up being in step with him and we'll only go as fast as he goes and we'll stop when he stops and carrying the cross made made simon and christ walk in the footsteps together walk in the footsteps of the savior who knows who knows what simon 
experienced. I know one thing, that as he's walking, Jesus is bleeding profusely. He's been whipped so much so that his ribs are exposed. If you ever, if it, many people don't watch The Passion of the Christ because they say it's too violent, it's like a horror movie. That is not even truly what happened. It was worse than that. And if you've ever watched The Passion, you know what I'm talking about. You think that was bad? It was worse than that. But people don't watch because they don't want to see. But sometimes it's important to see. And Simon, he got a front row seat to it. More than likely, he was, his foot was slipping in the puddles of blood as Jesus walked. Just like many of us slip as we try and follow the Savior. But we're not perfect. We're what? So don't let one slip keep you from staying in his footsteps. You just keep following him. You stay close to him. You say, here's, here's what I know about following in the footsteps of Jesus. Simon was surrounded by a vicious, angry mob that now hated him too. Just because he was with Jesus. Just because he was helping Jesus. Does that sound familiar? Because that's what it is today. If you name the name of Jesus, you don't get a whole lot of cheers. Following in the footsteps of Jesus, he found himself under the authority of Roman Empire and he was subject to, to brutality the same way you and I find ourselves in a difficult setting by naming the name of Jesus. Following in the footsteps of Jesus led him to the place of the skull, a place called Golgotha, a place that we call Mount Calvary. It led him right to Calvary. And that's what happens when you and I follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We end up at Calvary and God takes care of all of our sin. That's good news today. But it's no fun place to be. You see, my prayer and hope is that as we follow in the footsteps of Jesus today that we'll end up at Calvary and it'll lead to new life for you. It'll lead to hope. It'll lead to forgiveness because of Christ. The third thing I want you to see that the cross did for Simon, the cross did this. The cross made him a part of the greatest act in human history. The greatest act of love in human history he got to be a part of. And guess what? In 2019, so do you. You and me, we get to be a part of the greatest act of love in human history. Why do you think we're passionate about bringing people onto this campus? Because we go out all the time, but it's also important to let them know they're welcome here in this place. The single greatest act of love, the single greatest act, and he gets to be a part of it. He gets to tell his story for God's glory no matter how gory. And that's what we say around here. Your testimony, my testimony, we're not ashamed of who we were because of who God made us and who we're becoming. So we're not afraid to let you know who we were. No, no, no. We're proud of the fact that God, if God can change a guy like me, then he can change a person like you. That's what we get excited about. We're no longer defined by the worst thing that we've ever done, but now we're defined by the best thing that's ever done for us, and that's in the power of the cross. We experience the power of the cross. We get a chance to be a part of the greatest act of love, and then you and I get to take that message around the world. It's a shame, though. It's a shame 
Because the truth of the matter is, so many of us have heroes of today that we don't mind being identified with. We'll follow in their footsteps for money, sex, power. We'll be identified with them on a regular basis. Drunkards, addicts, womanizers. We idolize men and women who are successful. We want to be identified with them. We, we subscribe to their YouTube channels. We get on their Instagrams, right? We do all that. We don't mind sharing what they share, but God help us if we name the name of Jesus. We want to be YouTube famous, so we say, well, we're going to keep our faith to ourselves because that's going to affect my followers. The truth of the matter is, it is going to affect your followers, and it shows who you really follow. Say, so, well, if I want to be famous, then I, I'm not going to name Jesus because then it's going to s- separate me from a whole group of people. Really? God called us to walk in the footsteps of Jesus to carry the cross, but we say we don't want anyone to know we're carrying a cross. Listen to me, just because you wear a cross around your neck does not mean you carry a cross daily. Some people say, I just want a little cross. I don't want to carry the whole cross. Jesus, can I just catch like maybe a toothpick that I can keep in my pocket? Oh, wait, it might stab me. I don't want to keep it in my pocket. There's no such thing as half a cross. We carry the cross of Christ, and we are identified, but our problem is, our struggle is, is if it doesn't lead to money, sex, and power, then we're afraid to be identified with Jesus because we're going to get spit on, we're going to get ridiculed, we're going to be subject to all different kinds of, of struggle, and who knows, maybe God has a plan for you to be more famous than you think because you're trying to make Him famous. Maybe the reason you're not finding success is because God has a plan for you and maybe God doesn't want you to be successful because then if you're successful, you'll fall out of step with him. Nobody wants to hear that message. Everybody wants to pray, I want to win the lotto, Jesus, and and God knows you'll never see you in church again. You know what I'm talking about. Just tell the truth. Oh, I'm going to tithe, and then you win $100 million, and you're like, oh, I can think I can throw 1000 toward the church, and then I'm going to go on my worldwide cruise. <laughs> right? Come on. Be honest. At least be truthful. If we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to follow Jesus. We need to decide that Jesus is worthy of carrying our cross daily. Jesus is worthy of your life. <laughs> we need to quit, quit taking half commitments to Jesus. It's either all or nothing. You either, you, have, you, you either love the master or you despise him. That's what the word says. And so you and I, we've got to understand this. If we're going to be a part, Jesus has to still be the greatest name we know. He has to be. I'll even take a chance on losing followers for that. So if you want to, to, to unsubscribe to my Instagram or unsubscribe to my fa- Facebook or whatever other social media there is, help yourself. Because I'm not afraid to name the name of Jesus. And just remember, if you are subscribed to me and I'm subscribed to you, I know where you are. And that grieves a brother sometimes. And that grieves your pastor And then you try and tell me, oh, I was there uh, witnessing. And I say, I didn't see a whole lot of witnessing. I witnessed some things I wish I didn't. Right? They say, he's not like, yeah, exactly. Thank you. 
More importantly, who cares what I saw? Jesus saw it, and he was live and in color. He was present because wherever you're going, you're taking him with you. Or are you? Some of us say we're followers of Jesus, but couldn't convict you. You'd be walking out of, of court scot-free because there's no evidence, especially on your social media. True. I didn't say it to, to make you mad, but I don't really care if you're mad. I'll be honest with you, I don't. My job's not to make you happy. My job is to preach so that you'll become holy. That's my job. I don't care about your tithe. People, people don't preach these kind of messages because they're worried somebody's going to get mad and not tithe. I could care less. That's between you and God. But I'm going to preach what has to be preached and whatever happens, happens. Because we're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We're going to pick up the cross. And we're going to walk with the cross. And we're going to be unashamed because the single greatest act of, of human history belongs to God. And it belongs to us. And you and I have a chance. It's not a one-time commitment. It's a lifestyle. And that's what I'm calling you to. So I'm never afraid to ask you to go and name your name and put your face with Jesus' face. Then I, then I look to see how many of you uh, 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 hashtag it and how many of you, uh, you know what I'm saying, how many of you mark where you were, right? I want to know if you mark where you were. You're proud to mark you were here and there, but what about here and there? Down here witnessing for Jesus at a six-night tent revival. Didn't see a lot of that. Hashtag old school. Hashtag preaching Jesus in the streets. Didn't see a whole lot. But we can do better, can't we? Let's make sure, guys, that we're following Jesus for the right reasons. We don't care about being famous. It doesn't matter. The final thing I want you to know that the cross did was the cross changed Simon's family forever. If you'll look in Mark 15, 21, he says, So they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. This is unique because only Mark, who's preaching, who is actually recording Peter's story, and he knows it's going to go to the Gentiles, names Alexander and Rufus. And he did because Christian tradition causes us to believe that when Paul penned Romans in A.D. 67 or so, some, some 30 years, some 30 years later, he says, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. So they believe that, that Simon and his family became missionaries and ended up in Rome. That's what Christian tradition would argue. There's no, there's, no argument, uh, there's no real argument against it, and the, the, the argument for it would be that Mark includes this. Why would Mark include this? the names of two guys that would end up in Rome in the gospel to the Gentiles? Didn't end up in Matthew. Didn't end up in Luke. So we see that there's a life change, and my question to you today my question to you today is this, has the cross, has being in relationship with you, has have you being in relationship with God, has it affected your family forever? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Your children, your children's children, your grandchildren, or is church just someplace we go on Sunday? Sometimes. 
I said, is church just someplace we go on Sunday sometimes when we ain't got nothing better to do and there's bad weather? Or is it something that we do? Do we pray at the table and bless God for all of that he's done for us unashamedly and open in public? Do we name our children, do we make sure that they, they are named with Jesus? Or do we say, hey, keep that down? We don't want anybody to think we're kind of a kooky family because we love Jesus. So it's important for you and I to understand our families have to be changed. And the only way they'll be changed is if Jesus changes you. And then you tell them how important Jesus is. And you show them how important Jesus is. Am I telling you that, that you shouldn't have time with your family? Of course not. You should spend time with your family. But even if you're away, you should have family church. You can do it around a campfire. You can do it in the Disney uh, parking lot. You can do it in a hotel room. You can do it near a mountainside. You can do it on the beach. You can have church anywhere. You can have devotions anywhere. You are the church. But you got to tell them it's important. We're taking a week off from Jesus, guys. Can't do it. I joke with people sometimes, but most of the time I'm not joking. When I say, oh, don't worry, he just carried the cross for you. <laughs> You're good. He's good. He doesn't need your full commitment. You know, he just carried the cross. You know? He carried the cross, man. And man, when that guy said that, in the, in that in, uh, when Simon said that in that uh, skit, it just killed me when he said... I helped him carry my cross, my cross. It wasn't his cross to carry, it was my cross that he carried. And so the questions that come to mind for, for, for me and you as we think about this, as we look at what 1 John 2.2 says, it says that he is the propitiation for our sins, but not only ours, but also the sins of the whole world. Everybody say whole world. Matthew 16, 24 said, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone, will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, the calling, uh, uh, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone. will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Luke 9, 23, and he said to all, if anyone, anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. I, th I think Jesus is serious about taking up your cross. I think he's serious about it. Because he mentions it and all the others made sure they got that part right. So I wonder for you and I today, I wonder for you and I today, I want you to consider a couple of questions today. Are you willing to follow Jesus even if it means losing some of your closest friends? That's a question. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means alienation from certain family members? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your reputation? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your job? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your life? Then give it away daily. Some people will say, I'll take a bullet for Jesus right now. Yeah, that's easy. But will you live for him every day? That's the hard part. 
That's the hard part. So before you make a huge decision, i got the band coming. Before you make this huge decision, I want you to really carefully consider this because, listen, this is the way you cut down an altar call. This is the way you cut down because you really have to know, tell people what it costs. And I'm telling you it costs everything. I'm not telling you it's part-time. You don't get to dance through the flowers with Jesus. I'm telling you that you're going to face ridicule. You're going to face a struggle, but you won't face it alone. You'll have Jesus with you. And if you bear your cross, you will get a crown. That's what, but I can tell you this, there is no crown without a cross. I can tell you that. And so as we listen to this song, this song was penned uh, about a follower of Jesus who slipped, who fell, who dropped his cross. Because I believe there's some people in the room today, you put your cross down. And you're living on last year's reputation. You're living on 10 years ago reputation. You were on fire for Jesus 10 years ago and you slipped somewhere and you never picked the cross back up. You never picked it back up, but you've been able to play church. Today's the day you pick the cross back up and all the weight and everything that that means. So this song says, I can't take the pain of knowing that I let you. I can't take the pain of knowing I was wrong. This is Peter as he sings. And then he ends up realizing that Jesus has forgiven him. And he says, he says to himself, he says, I'm off to follow in your steps. It won't be easy, it's safe to say. But there's only two roads I can walk, and the one less traveled is the one that you chose. So as we listen to this song, I want you to don't do anything else. Don't look at grocery lists. Don't worry about what you're having for lunch. I want you to give yourself a a shot, man. Pay attention. Let your relationship, and if your relationship is stellar with God, it's so totally good, and you don't need any reason to pray, pray for somebody next to you that might need Jesus. Let's listen. No, I didn't see this one coming It suddenly snuck up on me I can't say didn't tell me so I can't say didn't want me But I can't take the pain Of knowing that I left you When I can't bear the shame Of knowing I was wrong But I take the blame Everything that I've done But I can't take the pain Leaving you alone Leaving you alone Well I was there when they accused you But I guess that I was too afraid Not just once and not just twice But three times I denied your name But I can't take the pain Knowing that I left you 
But I can't take the pain I know when I was wrong Without taking the blame And everything that I've done But I can't take the pain Of leaving you alone Leaving you alone I never thought I'd get it second chance you give me that so much more and then for every time I ever did deny you ask me if I love you oh you know I do to follow your steps It won't be easy, it's safe to say There are only two roads that I can walk on down The one less traveled is the one you pay But I can't take the pay can't bear the shame I know what I was wrong Without saying the blame For everything that I've done But I can't take the pain Leaving you alone Lord, you took the pain Even though I left you And you took the shame You take the pain for all that I've done, Lord. You took the pain, you and you alone, you and you I listened to that song, I listened to the struggle of someone who dropped the cross, someone who fell short, someone who said, man, I can't take the pain, Jesus, of knowing that I left you. I can't take the pain of knowing that I was wrong. And I'll take the blame for everything that I've done, but I can't take the pain of leaving you alone. And then it comes to the conclusion, the end. And he says, Lord, you took the pain, even though I left you. And you took the shame and you made it all your own. And then he asked himself, why'd you take the blame for everything that I've done? But Lord, you took the pain. You and you alone. You and you alone. Today I want you to know that's what Jesus did for you. And maybe this morning you've just heard about the love of God for the first time. And I want you to know that this love that we speak of is for all people. Everybody all people anyone who would trust or maybe you're here this morning and you know that the Holy Spirit's been tugging at your heart you know you've denied Jesus more than once you know today's the day that you need to repent and receive that 
The song spoke of that as well. It said, Lord, you restored me. It said, Lord, you asked me for every time I denied you. You asked me if I love you, and I said, you know I do, Lord. And that's your heart today. And you say, God, you know if there's one thing in this world, you know I love you. And I want to be sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, God. Forgive me. The cross was carried for that reason today. That same Jesus is available for you right here, right now. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, God, we trust you. God, I'm praying for each person here that they would be able to to follow in your footsteps. Lord, for them to hear about your love, to hear about the cross and the redemption and the mercy of God, and that they would receive it today. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, Pastor Mike, man, I need Jesus more than my next breath, more than my next heartbeat, man. I don't have time to maintain these regrets. Now that I know the way he loves me, man, I just need him today. If that's you, it's you. Would you just slip your hand up in the air today? Say, that's me. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's me. All right, now this next group, this isn't the easy group. This is the hard group, but this is the, this is the first step. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike? Man, I haven't been living my best life for Jesus. And I'm sorry. And I need to repent. I need to ask God to forgive me. And I'm ready to take my cross up, the full weight of my cross. And I'm willing to put it on my shoulder and deny myself and follow Jesus. If that's you today, will you just slip your hand up? Anybody in the crowd who has enough courage? Yes. Thank you. Enough courage to say that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You guys may place your hands down. Everyone with the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray this prayer from our hearts to God's. We just simply say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I receive you. Jesus, I trust you for my forgiveness, my hope, and my life. I receive you into my heart. Holy Spirit, come and lead me. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I am being perfected. And I, I trust that every time I slip, that you'll pick me up and help me carry. And I'll carry my cross until I wear my crown. And then I lay my crown at the feet of King Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. And all the church said, amen, amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's a good God? If you said that prayer today, I want to welcome you into God's kingdom, and I want to say welcome, and we're looking forward to carrying the cross with you. It won't be easy, but we're going to do it together. 